The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. So our Lord, again this week, he's talking to the elders and the chief priests. And whenever he talks to the chief priests or the elders or the scribes or the Pharisees, it's always a little bit harder on them than everybody else. He can meet the adulterous woman and simply look at her with love and forgive her. But when he's talking to the Pharisees, the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, he's always kind of jabbing at them. Trying to illustrate to them that he's also come for them. That they're also called to conversion of life. One of the probably more difficult things about being a cradle Catholic is recognizing that we're also called to conversion of life. When I ask people, what, tell me your conversion story, sometimes the conversion story is just, well, I was baptized when I was a baby. The end. Without any kind of wrestling or trying to figure out, is this real? Is this true? Do I really want to surrender my life to our Lord? If I do surrender my life to our Lord, what is it going to look like? But we're all called to surrender our lives to our Lord. We're all called to fall more in love with Jesus Every single day, just like a married couple, 
I asked a married couple, tell me your love story, and they said, well, we fell in love in high school and then we got married. The end. It's kind of boring. Without the sort of like trials and tribulations and falling more in love and having to surrender our lives and learning how to pick up my underwear off the floor and all those kind of things. And in the gospel reading, when he's telling this story to the chief priests and the elders of the people, our Lord talks about these two sons. And one of the obstacles to falling in love with our Lord or the obstacles to falling in love with a person is resentment. He doesn't speak about resentment directly, but we can see that in the story When we ask ourselves, you know, why would this son just say no and then do it? And the other son says yes, but then he doesn't follow through. You know, perhaps the first son, he's just kind of acknowledging the fact that he has resentment. Like he would rather do something else. remember when my brother was in high school, he lived with a family here in town, and, and, uh, and they were very generous in opening their home to him and everything, and I remember one day the dad calls me up in the summer, and he says, I don't know what to do with your brother, you know, my wife went in and she said, you know, would you mind cutting the grass, and he just said, no, I don't want to do that. There was some honesty there. He really didn't want to do that. He didn't feel like it was his job or whatever. It was probably a more honest relationship than if he had said, oh yeah, I'll get right to it. And then he just didn't do it and delayed and procrastinated and didn't do it. And then he ended up not doing it at all. I think, in fact, neither of these sons actually want to go to the vineyard today. One of them's honest. And the other one says yes in order to get the father off his back. But maybe in the back of his head, he's thinking to himself, yeah, I really don't want to do that, and I shouldn't have to do that, and there's other things that are more important, and I know better than the father how to spend my time today. And he doesn't follow through. And that last dynamic, that's one of the things that's an obstacle to our own conversion is when we believe we know better than the Father knows how to live our lives. And do we ever think that we know better than God what our life should be? And that sounds kind of direct, but in fact, I think there's a lot of times we think we know better than God what our lives should be. Now, have you ever had a conversation with somebody that didn't go very well? Maybe you didn't stand up for yourself in the moment, or maybe they were really harsh on you, 
And then you spend the rest of the day replaying the conversation in your head, saying the things you wish you would have said if you were more brave. Or do you ever slip into a kind of fantasy world thinking to yourself, if only my spouse was more loving, I would be more kind and our life would be so much different. If only my boss appreciated me more, my life would be so much different. When I was growing up, I would spend a lot of time thinking about what would my life be like if my mother hadn't died. All of those are examples of us being attached to a life we wish we had. And in that sense, we're really saying to ourselves, I know better than God what my life is supposed to be. Or when there's illness, and we spend a lot of time thinking about what would my life be like if I wasn't sick. or other kinds of suffering. You know, suffering is what happens when we, our life isn't what we think it's supposed to be. And when we suffer, it's always kind of the gap between what we're living now and the way we think it's supposed to be. The suffering of losing a parent is when, like, I'm living a life where my mother has died, but I'm spending a lot of my mental energy thinking about what my life would be if she hadn't died. And when we stay in that space and we're trying to hold on to these two realities at the same time, it causes a great deal of pain and it leads to resentments. I can resent that parent for dying, or I can resent God because they died, or I can resent my boss because they don't appreciate me, or I can resent my friend for not saying hello to me. In resolving that, in resolving that, happens when we learn to suffer as our Lord suffered. In the second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, St. Paul says, have in you the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness. 
Because in the life of Jesus, there's also this kind of gap between the way his life should be and the way his life is. The way his life should be, he's the son of God. His life should be eternal joy, eternal gaudium, eternal communion and love with the Father. And yet, through the incarnation and his passion and death, he becomes sin. He takes on the consequence of the sins of the world, which he did not commit himself. And so there's this infinitely wide gap between these two realities. And St. Paul says he didn't deem equality with God something to be grasped. He sort of lets go of the way his life should be. And he accepts his cross. He embraces it. Father, I offer you eternal joy, eternal gaudium, eternal communion and love with you. And I accept my cross and invite you into that space in my life. That's how we ourselves get over resentments that are obstacles in the spiritual life. Jesus, I offer you the life where my mother never died. And I invite you into my grief. I invite you into this space. Jesus, I love offer you the life where my family member is healthy. And I invite you into this space where I have to care for them every day. Jesus, I offer you the life where my friends understand me and they reach out to me. I invite you into this space where I've been ignored or neglected. Or maybe, Jesus, I offer you the life where I stood up to that person who was confronting me. And I invite you to resolve the situation as it is. It's part of our conversion. And I think that's what happens with the first son who doesn't want to go to the vineyard. Because maybe he'd rather take a nap that day or something. Father, I offer you the life where I take a nap right now and he goes out to the vineyard anyways. And our Lord says he's the one that's faithful. And the ability to do that, the ability to surrender our own will, our own ideals, our own idea of how our life should be, It comes through that kind of honest confrontation. It's easier for the person who says, no, I don't want to do that. Even our Lord, before he goes to the cross, basically says, I don't want to do that. 
Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will be done, but yours. And so today I'd invite all of you, whatever it is in your life that you think is supposed to be different or that you're attached to or that you're nostalgic for, whatever things, great or small, that you think should be different and you spend a lot of time attached to that idea. To just offer that kind of a prayer in union with our Lord. Father, I offer you the life where. And I invite you into my life as it is. Because it's in that space that our Lord can truly transform our hearts. To soften them. And our Lord can fill us with his joy because he's the one that walks with us in all of our sufferings and bears all of our burdens and supports us when we're in most need of him. It's then that we come to share in the joy that St. Paul invited the Philippians to share in. And it's only then that we can radiate that joy, allowing it to shine forth before everyone we encounter.